Welcome back to Redefine Fitness. I am your host, Kelsey Wells, and today is a solo episode. It's going to be random. Um, We put a question box up on the Redefine Fitness Instagram page yesterday, and I'm just going to answer the questions that were sent through, or um, some of them. So we're going to be jumping around topics, but I just, I did not want to miss another week. I know that I thought I'd be able to commit to do it weekly, but with my traveling being very hectic throughout April, May, and into June, I am recanting that commitment and recommitting to you to just do what I can and show up the best that I can. So no guests today and no um, one powerful topic like weighing on me to share, but I did want to check in and let you know I'm still here. I love you and I'm proud of you. And yeah, just touch base by answering some of your questions. So, um, all right. I have not seen these, by the way, I've not looked at them yet. So these are all going to be just absolutely random and I will answer them as they come. So how to look after yourself when you feel burnt out. Um, and this is not like physical burnt out, like from doing burpees, but like burnt out. I think the key is to look after yourself so you don't get burnt out. Um, It took me a lot of rounds of pushing myself way past my limits to understand that it's easier to prevent burnout than to um, heal from it or come back from it. But if you're feeling burnt out right now with your work or just life in general, the key to getting through is truly to be mindful. I think that I know it might sound cliche, but hear me out. There is so much research that points to the benefits of mindfulness practices, especially meditation, that can truly help you deal with day-to-day stressors and help you to navigate and or avoid getting burnt out. And if you've reached that point where you feel like you are just done, give yourself permission first and foremost to let up a little bit set boundaries with your employers, with your loved ones, with yourself to prevent it going forward. Give yourself grace, first of all, because if you are hitting a burnout phase, shaming yourself or feeling frustrated like, oh no, now I'm going to get behind because I'm going to have to take a break. That's going to be counterproductive to your healing. It is truly just about being awareness of how you're doing, how you're feeling. And if you realize in that awareness that you are indeed burnt out and not doing great, then accept that and move through it and let out the emotions and the feelings and the overwhelm and sit in that until it releases and then make space for yourself. Move, exercise mindfully, enjoy your cup of coffee instead of scrolling on your phone while you drink it. Savor the food that you put in your mouth, put into practice those little mindfulness moments, and you will start to reconnect with the present moment. I actually saw a quote the other day that says, if you, it read something like, if you are feeling stressed, it simply means that you have let go of the moment. You are focusing or fixating. Well, that was the quote, but this is how I interpreted it, right? Like it made me realize that when you are feeling stress or anxiety, you are focusing on or fixating on something other than where you are right there in that moment. And if you can bring your attention back to the present moment, which is what the definition of mindfulness is, that is going to dissipate and you'll be able to anchor and ground yourself. Um, 
I hope that helps. I hope that makes sense. And you got this. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. How to gain energy slash motivation on the days I don't want to even move. Um, follow-up question to that, how to not feel guilty for restarting exercise multiple times. So how to gain energy and motivation on the days I don't even want to move. First of all, there is no such thing as lasting external motivation. You will never always feel like taking care of yourself and your health. You will never always feel like exercising. Not even, I always am excited to work out. However, I have exercised discipline with consistency for long enough that I do crave the after effects of my workouts. That is called building intrinsic motivation. That just simply means reconciling with the fact that as an adult human being, you have the full ability to do something even if you don't feel like doing it. I'm not trying to sound harsh. I am just trying to give the example that if you sit around and wait for motivation, it will never come. If you are waiting for enough time, it will never come. It's not about having time. It's about making time, right? We make time for the things that matter to us. And when we are intentional, we align our time with our priorities. When we are stressing or when we are um, detaching, then we fill our time with avoidance, with endless scrolling, with um, TV. With, and I'm not saying like scrolling and TV are always bad. I'm saying we all have the same hours in a day. And for a long time in my life, I chose not to make movement a priority. And when I did attempt to, it was stemming out of the wrong place. It was always as a punishment or a chore for my body because it wasn't enough or good enough. But when it finally hit me that I can choose to get up and exercise, even on the days I don't feel like it. And when I choose to do so and exercise that discipline, even and especially when I don't feel like it, those sessions feel the best. And also, I just want to say like, you don't have to do it all. You don't have to go hard. On the days that you don't even want to move, commit to 10 minutes. I want you to tell yourself, I'm not going to do a full session. Maybe I'm not even going to go to the gym. I am just going to get up and on my bedroom floor, on my living room floor, I'm going to do 10 minute bodyweight workout. And after 10 minutes, feel free to stop. But I promise you that probably you'll continue a little bit past that and you will feel so good. Now, of course, there are days where you just need to rest. And that's okay too. I think remembering that exercise underneath all of the goals that you may associate with exercise should be the overarching goal of caring for yourself and your health. And some days your health, the priority might not be movement. It might be in meditation. It might be in resting your body. And on those days, make that conscious choice that that's best for you. And then don't feel guilty about it. Be proud of that because you are still putting in that effort to care for your health. And then how to not feel guilty for restarting exercise multiple times. I remember one time I was at an event and in the meet and greet line after the event, a girl came up to me and she was like frustrated. And she explained that she felt like she couldn't stick to anything. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I want to do your programs and I've I've started them like nine times. Like I've done week one, nine times. And I was like, so you've exercised for nine weeks. And she was like, oh yeah, I guess so. And it's like, 
I think we get too caught up in a destination or in an overarching timeline or we're exercising maybe for a vacation or to fit into something. And those are never going to get you as far as your efforts would and will if you accept every daily effort as a success. So how to not feel guilty for restarting exercise multiple times. That's life. That is life. Life ebbs and flows and your efforts and exercise will too. There are going to be times and seasons where you're doing more and times and seasons where you're doing less. And those seasons when you are doing less, whether it's because there was a life quake and you just haven't been making the time because other things are a priority or whether you're injured and you have to rest or whether you just stopped. In no situation is it going to be most productive for you to feel guilty about that. It is okay. You're a human being and you're alive, therefore you're on a fitness journey and you cannot fail it. You can't fail it. And once you release those timelines, it releases the pressure. Every time that you start to exercise is a win. So celebrate those small efforts, those small daily efforts, because every single big accomplishment is woven up of those. Um, um, comment about tri sets and how to properly integrate them into home workouts. I think this is, it's kind of a non-answer, but it's an important answer. So hear, hear me out. Tri sets are... Um, a tool, like a method of programming. I use them in some of my programs at different times for different purposes, but how to integrate them properly into home workouts. I really, really, really am a huge advocate for you following a program that is written by a certified trainer that is based in exercise science that has integrated all of these tools and different ways of working out for you. So whether you want to train in the gym, whether you want to train at home, whether you want a goal specific program, whether you want to train twice a week for 20 minutes or a full six times a week for an hour, whatever it is, find a program that has been very intentionally written and is backed by exercise science instead of trying to write your own. If you are not a certified trainer you really have no business trying to make up your own workouts. And I'm not trying to discourage anyone. I did that for a time. I think everyone does. But you will be amazed at how much more beneficial your sessions are, how much more they're maximized too, how much quicker all kinds of results come if you are following a program that was written with certain intents and that is written properly. And that has things like deload weeks programmed in and that is making sure that you're not overtraining and that you're training your body evenly. It's just like with anything else, you didn't go to school for that, you know, like that's not your profession. And so let someone who did guide you and take that pressure off of yourself. You shouldn't need to worry about how to fit in certain tools with strength training or certain techniques with strength training. Instead, explore different programs and find one that you enjoy, that resonates with you, that pushes you, that makes you feel good. I, of course, am going to plug my own programming. I have eight programs all available for you in the sweat app that I can truly meet you wherever you are on your journey, whether you want to train at home, in the gym, no equipment, a full range of equipment, like certain pieces of equipment, whether you want low impact, whether you are post-pregnancy or currently pregnant, I have a program to meet you where you are. And 
it is the safest and most beneficial way to train to follow programming, whether it's mine or someone else's. And I understand that there's a little bit of an investment in relation to that, but it is going to be so worth it. Even so much more beneficial than just looking up workouts on Instagram. Most of those people posting workouts are not trainers. Lots of their form is incorrect. So be careful, right? This is your health. Even following my programs that I, or my workouts that I post, it's so much more beneficial for you to follow a program instead. And that is why I pour my heart and my time into writing and providing those. And even though there's a cost, it's really pretty minimal. I mean, if you do a year in advance, my programming costs $9.99 a month. That's 10 bucks a month. That's like two coffees, right? It's about your priorities, but I promise you in the long term, you will be so grateful and you don't have to stress about writing your own workouts. I hope that makes sense. Um, a lot of you guys asked about meditation actually, and meditation techniques and how I meditate. And I do want to do, like, I feel like this topic really, really deserves an episode all its own. And I think I've mentioned that before and it is coming, but in a nutshell, I think I'll just kind of outline my own personal meditation journey. Meditation today is one of, if not the most beneficial tool that I have in my tool belt to care for myself and my health, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual. I am such a fan and an advocate of meditation. However, I didn't have that tool or understand it or use it at all for the first probably five years of my journey. I think I began meditating um, probably around three years ago, maybe 2019. I think it was in 2019, so maybe four years ago. And I actually began, I tried to download some apps, tried to follow like, you know, guided meditations, but I would just, I could never pay attention. My brain was too wild and I always just felt like I was failing at it. Um, none of them really resonated with me. And then I had a friend that just told me, sit with yourself. There doesn't need to be all of these rules and techniques surrounding this. Just learn how and remember how to be still with yourself. And the biggest, biggest caveat that I have realized that does not mean quieting your mind. That does not mean clearing your thoughts. That's impossible, okay? It's actually, the goal is the opposite. The goal is to free your mind. Let your thoughts run wild. Let them bounce and ricochet from here and there and from when you were seven years old to something that happened seven minutes ago and wherever they're going to go, just let them run. Let them run wild. Don't try to problem solve. Just let it flow and learn. And I always had a goal for myself in the beginning to go for seven minutes. It was so hard. I could not sit still. Every time I would try to do this, like three minutes in, I would get overwhelmed with anxiety and I would feel a little bit of a panic actually, but I just made myself sit in the stillness and breathe through it. And the more I did it, the easier it became like with anything. But what I found happening was lots of those thoughts that would randomly surface ended up being pointers towards answers or lessons that would help me cope with what I was facing in my day to day. It was pretty remarkable. And then after a time, 
what started to happen is it felt like I was getting underneath them all. I would reach a place of stillness and it felt like I was connecting back to my soul, myself. Um, I still prefer to do silent self-guided meditations to this day. I did study um, with the Chopra Center and actually did their meditation teacher training course and spent countless hours studying um, his technique, which is primordial sound meditation, which is a form of transcendental meditation. But ultimately, sitting with yourself, remembering how to be still, setting down the distractions, that is where you start and how you start. And I think your own journey, like with anything, will unfold as it needs to. You can study and look up and trial different things and you will find the right things that resonate with you. But I really encourage you to just try because I think we are so perpetually distracted that even in our downtime, we are stressing ourselves out. And if you create that space to just be with yourself and your feelings and your thoughts and allow them to come through and come out, you will be amazed at what that does in time. Um, where are we? A lot of you asked about how the retreat went. I just got home from hosting my very first ever Redefine Fitness retreat. And you guys, it I still feel like I'm kind of in this beautiful emotional bubble from it, almost like an emotional hangover, but just I'm very, I feel very grounded. I feel so grateful. And I'm still kind of reflecting like in the aftermath of everything that happened. I don't want to share too much because I have a second retreat coming up in a few weeks. Um, and I don't want to spoil any of the workshops or anything for the girls that are coming. I don't actually know if they'll be the same workshops. I haven't decided yet. I feel like I won't be able to make the call until I meet the women. However, ultimately the retreat was amazing and it was demanding personally on every level. I think it is the most challenging thing that I have ever done thus far in my career. Um, but I am so relieved, surprised, um, grateful, and honestly kind of amazed at my ability to actually do it. Um, I think, well, I know that every woman that came made a choice to do the work, to redefine fitness for herself and to open up and to step into her vulnerability, which are her strengths. And I watched it happen one by one. And then I was able to witness the insanely beautiful power and connection and healing that takes place when women choose to do that. And being able to hold space and facilitate that was an unbelievable blessing and also an overwhelming um, responsibility. And I'm very grateful for it and very excited for the next one. Um, I'm glad I, I gave myself a little space between. Um, but once that second one is over, I think I'll do a big debrief and kind of tell you guys more about how it went and what we actually did. Also, if you are thinking about coming, um, I think we have one spot left for the May one, but 
if I ever do another one, I would encourage you, if you feel the pull to do it, do it. Every single woman that came had an amazing story of like why she decided to come. And most of the women there were like, this is never something I would normally do, but I just, for some reason, felt like I needed to. And it was absolutely magic. Um, I don't want the episode to run too long. Let, I'll do a few more. Um, more questions on meditation. I love that so many of you guys want to know more about this. Um, aging as a woman and the importance of holistic health as we age. I love this question. I think holistic health, when I hear that, it really means my whole ethos surrounding health and fitness in general, that our health is multifaceted. And what is far more important than a certain modality of training or a certain discipline with eating is how are you fucking feeling? Like when you wake up, are you happy in your body and in your life? Like, are you living presently and authentic? Like that is your best life. That is wellness. That is health. I think aging is the most beautiful gift that has been absolutely robbed from us. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Like, I don't want to be morbid, but you have no idea how much time you have left. And therefore, virtually every single day, every present moment really is a gift and we get so preoccupied on anti-aging and women are always, it's like, I wrote a poem, I think I've shared it here before, but the line that always sticks in my head when I start to like, you know, fixate on my own getting older is like, when is a woman, when in a woman's life is she allowed to thrive? We go from growing up to growing old overnight. And it's like, the living part, the being where you are is robbed. Culture wants you to hurry up and grow up and become a woman. And then once you reach womanhood, oh, it's time for anti-aging. Um, wherever you are at in your life, however old you are, your focus on health should be holistic. It should be on living your most present and authentic life. And it should be in celebrating your life and your body and living and moving and exploring and experiencing and savoring and honoring your sensitivities. That's what it should always be about. No matter where you are on your life path, be there because you can't go back. You can't get the past back. You can't go back to when you were younger. And how many times have we looked at former pictures of ourselves when we remember being insecure about X, Y, or Z. And you look back and you're like, oh my God, what was I thinking? Like, I wish I could just go back to that, that girl, that body, that time and be there and be different. But your future self is going to look back at you right now today and say the same damn thing. Are you not just so tired of trying and waiting around to arrive at some point in your life where you can just thrive and be and exist wholly and happily. And the older I get, I mean, I know I'm so young, I'm only 33, but the older I get, the more I see, like, it's actually just a cognizant choice. Like I choose right now today to be stoked 
on myself, on my life, in my body. That doesn't mean that I don't take care of myself. In fact, that motivates me to take care of myself, but not so that one day I can look or be a certain way or do a certain thing and be proud of myself. It means that I'm proud of myself right now. And I am confident right now, wherever you are, you've arrived. Congratulations. You're here. Be there. Whoever and however you are, be her. Celebrate her. I think I mentioned this before, but growth and expansion and healing, those things are byproducts of an intentionally and authentically and presently lived life. Um, how to combat times of low energy (laughs) pre-workout. No. Um, I think giving your space to recharge, honestly, and also leaning back on creating the habits to care for yourself and your health, even, and especially when you don't feel like it, or you might not want to, you know, if you know that you need to move your body and exercise a certain number of times a week to feel your best and care for your health, do that. If you're having less energy, do less, go for a walk instead of a run, you know, do low impact instead of hit or shorten your session, like honor yourself. And if your body is screaming at you that you need to do less then do less and do that, there's no guilt to be found, like felt surrounding that. However, what's so cool is things like mindfulness, meditation, exercising with the right intent, those things actually are energizing. Even though you have to expend energy to do them, they energize you in return. And I think what I found in my own life is the there's one thread that runs through it all, a common thread that between the ways that I expend my energy that are energizing and the ways that I expend my energy that are exhausting. And the common thread is positivity, my perspective. Am I doing things out of respect for myself, out of gratitude for my life, for my motherhood, for my job? Am I, whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm putting my energy into, what is my intent behind that? And if my intent is not grounded in abundance and it is instead rooted in either fear or negativity, then it's not going to be energizing. It's going to be draining. I have been amazed to find how much more energy I have when I focus on the root, the root of my intentions. Um, It's pretty wild. Okay. Sports supplements, the real thing. I like this question. I think I don't talk a lot about supplements on my pages. It's never because I'm trying to hide anything or I'm not trying to be real. It's because I don't use them guys. Um, I have, I use like, I eat protein bars almost every day. Well, every day I have at least one protein bar. I have a few brands that I just really love and enjoy, honestly, and they help me reach my protein goals. Um, I, we'll put protein powder into like smoothies or to supplement if I'm not getting enough protein in my normal meals throughout that day. But other than that, like I have never, ever tried creatine. I don't do 
like currently I'm not using, I'm not even taking any sort of BCAAs. I just have never really been a huge, I've, I've never really been huge into supplements. I think that we do though, with my knowledge as a trainer and as a sports nutrition, having my sports nutrition certification, all that I've learned teaches me one important thing. All kinds of supplements are meant to be supplementary. They are not to replace a healthy, nutritious diet. They are not instead of or in lieu of eating food that has micronutrients and taking your vitamins and being hydrated and getting enough sleep. And when those things are in place, if you are focusing on getting proper sleep and staying properly hydrated and moving your body and eating nourishing food, supplements become less and less important. Of course, everyone is individual and I think that there are some supplements that can be good for certain women and especially with certain goals or certain phases of life. But in general, I do not think that there is one greens powder or protein powder or any sort of supplement that across the board is great and wonderful and important for everyone to take. And if someone tells you opposite, they are selling you something. Again, I don't think that there's not a place for them. I think there certainly can be, but I think the importance, it's actually not as great as you might think. Um, okay. Let's find one more. Um, mm, loving parts of your body that are not attractive and cannot be changed through hard work. Um, This one is not a difficult question, but I think heavy because we have been taught through the beauty standards of society what is and isn't attractive, right? And I want to recognize first that that fluctuates. Even 10 years ago, what was in fad or in vogue is different from what is now, and it's always changing. Um, I mean, they're selling freckle pens to like in beauty makeup stores to add freckles to your face. And for so long, women with freckles were taught to be self-conscious and cover them up. I mean, what is and is not attractive as far as beauty standards go is always set on selling you things and to propel a billion dollar industry to feed on your insecurities. That said, for myself, it has been so important to remember that, first of all, feeling insecure is part of being human. And I don't think the goal is to ever arrive at a place in life where you are rid of all your insecurities or, you know, or just are obsessed with every single part of yourself. That's not what confidence is. You can love all parts of your body, even those that society might say are not attractive. If you do the work to dismantle the self-limiting beliefs that taught you that those things are unworthy or unattractive in the first place. For example, cellulite. Over 90% of women have cellulite. The fittest women on earth. I will never forget when Serena Williams posted those photos. And I mean, every, like, I don't think you guys understand. It is the texture of your skin. It is how God made women's bodies. The appearance of cellulite or having that texture on your skin 
is not in any sense an indication of how healthy or unhealthy you are. We have been taught the opposite. We have engineered so many products, again, to make us insecure about that and then sell us something to, quote, fix it, when ultimately it is so normal and there's nothing wrong with it. I grew up being so scared of seeing cellulite on my legs and so self-conscious because even since I was 16 years old, if I sat a certain way or smushed my leg or was standing in certain light, I would see it and I was abhorred. Isn't that so sad? Now I think of it like it's the awareness. It's the awareness that it's not my fault that I thought that that was wrong or bad or unattractive. That's what was taught to me. That's what I absorbed. But also, it is my fault the way that I believed that and propelled that belief by beating myself up and picking myself apart and trying and trying to fix or change that about myself. Once I was able to bring awareness and take accountability for the things that I did to propel and deepen that self-limiting belief that is based in absolute bullshit, I was able to accept, yeah, cellulite is part of a woman's body. There's nothing wrong with that. And then that is the bridge into taking action to wearing the shorts, to wearing the light colored leggings, to wearing the bathing suit, to taking the photos and not giving a shit. It's not that you will all of a sudden find that thing attractive, but it is about being conscious and being brave enough to stand up and say that thing that they say about my body is not attractive. How dare they? And you can choose to pour over that first and foremost respect. And with enough practice of respecting yourself comes the love and the grace. And ultimately, our physical appearance is not what truly makes us attractive. Are you lit up from within? Are you alive in your body? Are you living life with and in your body? Those are the things that make you vibrant and attractive. And none of that has to do with the texture of your thighs. I hope that makes sense. I know that was kind of a ramble. Um, but I do feel like that's a pretty good place to end. I think we've covered kind of a weird and wild um, breadth of topics here, but I really did appreciate and love all of the questions that you guys sent through. Um, lots of the other questions that were sent through, um, such as how to deal with injury and other things I have thoroughly, thoroughly covered in other episodes of the pod. Um, the mental reality of physical injury. There's an episode about that. It's so, so helpful if you are injured or if you have a loved one who's injured. So I recommend that one. Any questions on nutrition or eating, please, I implore you to go listen to The Key to a Healthy Diet. I think I think it's episode number 10, if I remember right, but it was back from July. Um, but yeah, we cover, if there's something that I didn't touch on, 
we cover a lot of that in early episodes. So I would encourage you to go back and listen. And I just want to say thank you. If you are still listening, thank you for hanging out with me. Thank you for your support. Um, it really does mean a lot and it really does matter. Um, if you wouldn't mind subscribing, leaving a review for the podcast, I think that's the first time I've actually audibly asked you guys to do that, but I'm realizing, um, if I want to keep allotting my time to doing this and if I want this podcast to grow and reach more women, then I need to start doing that. So do me a solid. I'd appreciate it (laughs) immensely. Um, and I love you. We'll see you next time.